0: One more beloved American institution going down the crapper. One more thing.
1: (laughs) Armstrong and Getty.
0: One more thing. You heard me. The
1: crapper. The crapper. Thomas Crapper. Yes.
0: Is that true? That's Uh, that's an urban legend. You're certain (laughs) it's true. I believe it to be true, yeah. Yeah, it is. Seems
1: like the sort of thing I've looked up repeatedly and I say, hmm, it is true, and then I forget again.
0: You know that Eric Clapton's real name is Eric Clap, but he got tired of the jokes, so he added on the ton. It's true. Look it up. Thomas Crapper was an English plumber.
2: Back in the day.
1: But did he invent the toilet, or did was he just the first plumber to come along who was named Crap, Wait or a something minute. that is a derivative that? Wait thereof? a minute.
2: His name's just like pooping.
0: He <laughs> had
2: three patents, three of them for water closet improvements. Right. There you go. Such as the floating ball cop. Okay, well, then I got to get to, did the, did the, 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 the C word- uh, Crapper?
1: A colloquial- Use of a term to describe a feces. Yes.
0: Um, did that exist before him or did it sure. come? I'll uh, bet it did. You think so? I'll bet it did. I'll bet it was from the crapper because people said, I'm, I'm going, excuse me, I'm going to use the crapper. <laughs> I'm trying not to giggle. Based
1: on his name or based on his the, name? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then and it became a word after that. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was wondering.
0: Etymologically, uh, the road is fairly easy to follow, if indeed that's true. <laughs> and I don't know that it is, but it and sounds it, it. It's truthy. And how little could it matter? Right. He opened the
3: ver- the world's very first bathroom showroom in 1870. Yeah. Uh,
1: wow. A full
0: show. Hey, look at that. You like the handles on those cabinets? That's nice. I, I've got a nice bathroom. I value a good bathroom.
1: 1870, and that's pretty interesting since my dad went off to college and they still didn't have indoor plumbing.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. In
1: 1955.
0: In so. whereabouts? Rural Iowa. Wow. I'll be dank So yeah. well, and of course they had a version of flush toilets in ancient Egypt, right? And in Rome, yep. And all that stuff kind of disappeared in the dark yep. ages. It takes
1: money. They didn't. They knew of indoor plumbing in mm. rural
0: Iowa in the fifties. Yeah. They just nobody <laughs> they had they the
1: money to install it everywhere.
0: They weren't operating with the technology of the year two hundred, <laughs> right. Just because they didn't know. <laughs> no, anything. They were aware the technology <laughs> right. was out there, right? Just I, like I know there are <laughs> rocket ships, but I don't have one, <laughs> right? Right. I remember. The last time we stayed in a place that had an outhouse, as a kid, and I was just horrified.
1: Yeah, when we'd go see my grandma and grandpa, we'd use the outhouse. Yeah, we, we were horrified. Yeah, huh, I used an outhouse. The outhouses. smell was
0: off-putting. Well,
1: yeah, it's not, it's not pleasant, well, yes. but I've used
0: a lot of outhouses in my life. Wow, a lot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't unpleasant. Ever used topic? Topic?
1: That's
3: prior portage on, right? So that's just hole in the ground.
1: Hole in the ground with a usually wooden shed right. over it. Right. And Do you then move you move the shed and fill in the hole every couple months or something? Yeah. I, I Well, I have to ask my dad if it's your own home. I suppose maybe you'd have to. But generally, like, I went to a lot of camps and stuff like that where right. you used outhouses. Uh, yeah. And they didn't get full enough that you had to move them, really. Right. So.
2: Well, what happened in the winter? Wouldn't they freeze up? Wouldn't they freeze yes. over? you yeah, would be then,
1: cold. And then what? Yeah, your, your ass would be cold, is what would happen in the winter. <laughs>
0: oh, Do You have any more questions? Are <laughs> very unpleasant, <laughs> incisive <laughs> questions. What about in the summer? <laughs> Here's oh, the I, summer was would bad. Would the
2: contents freeze? What I'm saying? Yes, uh, yes, yes. You'd pray they it, would. Oh, that's, yes. that's a relief. Yeah, yeah that's,
0: that's a good thing. thing. On the I got yeah, frostbite win- on my junk. But- it's
1: funny you'd bring up winter. Winter
0: is the that's the golden time of the year for outhouses. Yeah. it's dead of summer when you're dreading the outhouse experience. Oh, it's tough to take, man. I'm gagging right now thinking about it. Here's
1: a story I like, though. I heard this on Paul Harvey. Will I anybody else? like it. Yes, I think I <laughs> do. <Okay. they, though. laughs> All right, then. Um, so this happened, I'm guessing, in the 80s, maybe 70s, when I heard this story.
0: Disco was king. Jimmy Carter,
1: the president. A guy's using an outhouse, I believe, at like a, a camp of some sort. He's the only one around. He goes to use an outhouse, and somehow he drops a $100 bill down in there. Whoops. And at that time, any time, depending on your financial cir- circumstances, $100 is a lot, but at that time, $100 is really a lot probably be more like dropping a thousand dollars down there um uh and uh so he decided he was going to get it out of there It was just sitting on top of the uh the uh, the, the the awfulness down there the refuse so he took off his socks and shoes and dangled his foot down in there and uh. was going to try to pick up the hundred dollar bill with his toes he slipped and fell in there <laughs> that's uh, that's rough oh. and it was a uh a, a, like a tube tunnel And it wasn't very wide, and he was pinned in there with his arms, down in there. And he was there for, I think it was a day and a half, yelling for help before somebody heard and came in the
0: rescue. That's rough. That would be pretty awful. When are you going to tell the good story you mentioned?
2: (laughs) <laughs> Wouldn't you be hoping
0: for the sweet There's release of death yes. Wouldn't you be hoping for the sweet release of death? Yes. <laughs> yes. Jack, a hundred dollars in nineteen seventy six is worth four hundred okay. and forty two dollars and thirty eight cents in current value. Would oh. that be
1: enough to make you go to great lengths to try to get a five hundred dollar bill out of the uh, toilet? <sighs> When I was poor, I would.
0: Yes. I'm not sure I'd go with his plan automatically.
1: I'd go find a stick or something.
0: I would think very long and hard about how I could not do what he did. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
3: Me lowering myself, any part of me into there to get it would be on the very bottom of my, okay, we, I guess we're finally at this point. There's a lot of other options I would exhaust first. The thing you
1: were hoping for the most or what you were rooting against the most is for a very large deaf man to come into the outhouse (laughs) as you were screaming, help me, help me, help
0: me. Wow. Wow. The low point of the One More Thing podcast has been reached. I see you have thought about this story for quite some time. <laughs> I guess. Please, oh. please, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is not worth $100. <laughs> or
1: 438 grand
0: <laughs> Wow, I'll be damned. That it, is something. It
3: reminds me of one of my favorite... Uh, Senior quotes from, uh, from my year in high school in, in the yearbook. Uh, one of my friends had, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you've dropped your car keys into some molten lava, just let it go, man. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the 90s, grunge was king. Bush in the White House. H-dub. Uh, Clinton. So speaking of alternative pooping uh, locations, uh, this is uh, this is interesting. It's from the San Francisco Chronicle that everybody including the organizers of Burning Man are super bummed out at what it's be- become. Now this discussion would probably be aided if any of us had ever been. I don't think anybody has, huh? No.
3: I have seriously considered, and I feel like I've just missed the window yeah. on yeah. both in my my age and in what it has become.
1: Good point. Uh, you always have to watch out for that, because I've attended so many things in my life that people say, it used to be great, now it's ruined, and then I right. went, and it was a freaking awesome. Right. So maybe it was better, or maybe just your memory was better, or right. whatever. Right. But right. even but, if it was, right. you know. Right. And, I, and things like Mardi Gras, or when I went to Sturgis, oh no, it used to be good. It's an I had a great time. You know, mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. Or you know, just a bunch of different things in my life. Now, I could certainly believe that it, it has happened though, as I've heard the stories over the years.
0: Right. It's not a festival its organizers say, but the proliferating posts from the playa by Instagram influencers advertising products and showing off luxury amenities might suggest otherwise. Um, they are trying to figure out how to keep it from going completely Instagram. Uh, here's an artist man was angry, disenchanted by what he called discriminatory gatekeepers who sought only to include hot girls and other young people as part of their camps and art cars. Right, that just broke my heart. He said, "How do we get here? Who thinks this is okay? On or off the playa? This isn't Burning Man." You're right
1: about both ends of it, though. It's changed, and I've changed. Even if it hadn't changed, I'm not going to enjoy it at this point in my life. (laughs) So if I had gone when I was, like, 30, it would have been fantastic.
3: I would still, I think, enjoy going, but I would have to go with somebody who knows, who's been there before and can kind of act as my my Sherpa. And a little
0: historical context as well. Point out, yeah, that used to never happen. You see that over there? Because that would be interesting, but... Um, Let's see. The practice of convenient consumerism is discordant with the pillars of Burning Man. Luxury camps and all inclusive packages, that's what I'd do, obfuscate the event's whole point of self reliance. That's the whole point? I didn't know that. Was okay. that. It
3: started as this weird kind of very much a hippie commune, money's not a thing, man. Let's just all kind of get together and experience life together. And now with- And you
1: probably had to know somebody to even know it existed. Yeah.
3: Right. And then it turned into this thing where a lot of tech rich people right. went there and they just brought their money with it and kind of made these new camps
2: and new things. And it became- And, it, right. and for instance, in, the beginning, in the beginning, it was barter. You'd trade your art for something for that their somebody else was or doing. Or yeah, you. Yeah. You haven't been to Burning Man, Marshall? No, I've never been to That's Burning surprising. Man. That's surprising. Nope. Uh, I did know some of the people who started Burning Man when it was on Ocean Beach in San Francisco. They yeah, had, you know, the big bonfires and pretty much everybody had get half naked mm-hmm. and dance around. But Super- I've never been.
0: Which half? That's the key question. <laughs> yes. There are Silicon Valley <laughs> entrepreneurs who hire people to build them air-conditioned yurts. There are private companies hiring cooks and assistants known as Sherpas. I'm sorry, a yurt? A yurt. It's like a tent thingy. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, there's a history of planes dropping off the wealthiest event goers right in the desert. And famously, in 2017, Google employees FedEx themselves lobster right next to the playa. This is not what Burning Man is <laughs> supposed See, to be. That
1: wouldn't bother yeah. me as much because the purity of her or whatever. But I've also heard and read about, and I don't understand. This is the person I don't understand at all. I don't understand you people. But the people that just felt like there was too much freedom going on or people doing whatever they want or oh, yeah. worried about them, those people yeah, yeah. That, that are showing up to have rules or making sure there are no police involved here, making sure they're handling traffic and checking cars, that crowd, yeah. that's what would bum me out. If there's yeah. a rich guy over there, whatever. But the fact that you've decided for others, on behalf of others, to keep them safe— that you need to uh, to get involved. That just drives me crazy. I hate
0: paternalism in all oh. its forms. Oh, except when there's a father and a child. <laughs> that sort of paternalism is fine with me. In fact, I think it's it's appropriate. Huh? A lot of paternalism in my house. Yeah, I'll bet there is. <laughs> do they rebel against that? They do. You think you're the boss of me? It's like when
1: you hear about uh, people in in Montana or Idaho angry that so many Californians are moving there oh. and then want to come up with all these different rules. Well, you left California, I think, because of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And now you show up in a new place and you want to put it here.
0: I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Well, uh, listen, I'm in touch with plenty of Idahoans. Um... And uh, many of whom I had the pleasure to meet during my brief sojourn to Boise. Joe Palooza, Exactly. <laughs> and, um, and, and and uh, yeah, it is near universal. Montana's the same thing. And some of it's people leaving California because they don't like the culture of California. Some of it's just it's too crowded, too expensive or whatever. So they take their Marin County sensibility to, you know, Cartel Lane or something or, uh, you know, or, or uh, Bozeman, Montana. Um, and. They are rapidly becoming nanny state, progressive, uh, lots of rules, lots of money, uh, you know, complete um, mutations of what they used to be fairly recently. And people are freaking out and really unhappy about it. I I don't blame them.
1: I was trying to think of something. Do I know something that has changed for the worse? Austin, Austin, Texas was way cooler the first time I was ever there in the early 90s than the last time I was there in the mid-2000s. In what way? Uh, it, sm- it felt like a small town because it was. It's like quintupled in size since then. Mm-hmm. And f- the famous 6th Street was just a long string of tiny bars, with local bands, and you didn't pay anything. You just walked around and watched. God, them it sounds want. like a dream come true. It was so awesome. And it wasn't that crowded. And you threw money in the bucket when they sent it around for tips, if you liked the band, and it yeah. was just fantastic. And now it's it's giant clubs and cover charges and acts from around the world trying to make it big. Just just completely different feel. So crowded, you can't move. Right, like Napa Valley. Yeah, exactly. Napa would be a good example. Nobody would claim Napa. Oh, anybody who says Napa's not cool anymore, you need to go, no. No, don't go to Napa. You don't want to go to Napa. You can buy the wine, but yeah, I
0: wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, absolutely. No. Perfect
1: example. It's the but Disneyland so, of wine. Sometimes things do get ruined yeah. by becoming too big or popular.
0: Yeah. We haven't had that problem. No, luckily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're still Thank small, God. still a
1: cult band. Accessible. Oh, haven't no. had that disastrous
0: yeah. fame and money thing right. that it can really, you know. It's amazing how much constant humiliation can kind of trim the ego. And barely getting by. I'm, it just I'm grateful keep, for keeps it. Keeps you grounded. Right. Grounded. That's what we are, <laughs> huh? Wouldn't want to change.
1: Well, crap, I guess that's it. Awesome. <laughs> nice recall.